Futurecast. On this episode of Missing the Point, we're joined once again by returning guest Josue Bavone from Heavy.com, CLSN Media, the Cedric Maxwell Podcast, and Causeway Street Podcast to help us put this 2021 Boston Celtics season to bed. We'll examine the recent Celtics front office moves and preview potential offseason moves to improve the team for 2022. This is Missing the Point, episode 66, but it's all relative. Welcome to Missing the Point. I am your host, Rayshawn Buchanan, with my guys, The Real BK, Bob Kelly, Magic Mike, Mark Michelangelo, and our executive producer, Craig D'Alessandro. So today, we are bringing back someone that, you know, we, we had to have Celtics therapy with him in the past. We had to have, have to have Celtics therapy tonight. You can hear him on The Locker Room. He's a writer for Heavy.com, and he is the co-host of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. My man, Jose Pavone. Welcome back, man. How you doing? Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for bringing me back, man. There's a lot to lot to discuss, right? Crazy week. Cra- crazy week, crazy year. Like I said, I think we were somewhat optimistic. I think when we, well, I won't say as optimistic because we would talk to you during the before, right before the draft, and they had just lost to Miami, and you know, uh, yeah. you know we, we had a lot of questions. You know, eight months later, we still have a lot of questions. So. You know, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna use this as a therapy <laughs> session. So, so you know, last time, we, you know, we had spoke. I had spoke to you last week, man, and you know, we had talked the day that the news came down that Danny Ainge is, you know, now stepping down, and Brad Stevens is now g- going into that role as the president of basketball operations. So, you know, we'll get right into it, man. So, does, does Danny Ainge leaving uh, make it easier for someone like Brad Stevens to start making deals with other teams in the NBA? I mean, I, I guess so. I guess it makes it easier for him because, you know, if you ask me, I, I think Brad Stevens had a lot to say in, in the decisions that Danny made. But this offseason could be the outlier, you know? We're not quite sure how Brad Stevens felt about the signing of Jeff Teague and Christian Thompson and, and, and you know, moves that could have happened during last summer that didn't happen. I mean, we're not quite sure. So, obviously, Brad's now in that position to, you know, mold this roster the best way he sees fit, which I think it's a good thing. You know, I really do. I was shocked and surprised more about him. I think I was more shocked about Brad, envisioning Brad Stevens not coaching. I just thought that was really odd, you know, for him to be in, in, in this position. But it makes sense for this organization. I, I think his contract extension last year has a lot to do with this. I mean, to be frank, if you're a businessman, you know, running an organization, I mean, it, the thing is twofold, right? Uh, you know, obviously to go out and get a new GM is going to cost him quite a bit and, and to let Brad Stevens go and, you know, risk him coaching another team. I just don't think the Southern's were in a position to do that. They're like, man, we got this guy locked in. We, we see his vision. We appreciate his knowledge, but we're not quite sure if this locker room is going to listen to him next year. And that's absolutely understandable. You know, the, the reason why I bring up the contract extension is, is because I, I think it does play a part here, but at the same time, Brad Stevens, I mean, who's better to find out or at least try to try his best to give these guys what they need than the coach that was in that locker room the last seven seasons, you know? So I do think that that's significant as well. You know, does he have a lot of experience in this position? No, absolutely not. But I trust his expertise in the sense of evaluating talent coming in. Obviously, he has the collegiate background, which plays a big part in this. And I think that he can get to the root of what this team needs to be successful. And I think a lot of that has to do with guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, obviously, right? I mean, I think those two all-stars, they have to have a say in the direction that this team is going in. And I think Brad Stevens is the kind of GM or is going to be the kind of, you know, president of basketball operations who's going to use those guys as the proper resources. I mean, he has to. They have to go into this new era of Celtics basketball with those guys, obviously, one at the forefront 
but two on the same exact page as to what's going to make this team better. And of course, what's going to make them better players moving forward. Not quite sure. And we talked about this a little bit. Not quite sure. Like those two, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, obviously they've proven that they can be, you know, successful in their own right. But how are they going to make this team successful? How are they going to make this team whole? I think that's a lot of what Brad Stevens can help, you know, throughout this summer. And of course, moving forward into this new era. Yeah, man. You know, I, I got to ask you something based off something you said a little bit ago when you were talking about how no one talked about game five. You know what I mean? Like as soon as this right. news came out, it was like game five didn't even happen. Do you think the timing of that, that, that had to have been on purpose, right? I mean, obviously yeah. th- they, they already had a bad taste in their mouth from the season doing yeah. it at that time. And then having it just like, like you said, is like that series never even happened. Do you think that's something that they planned out going, you know, they said they had this plan for weeks. Is that something that they were like, okay, we need to get this going as soon as the season's over. So we get the entire fan base looking forward instead of back at this shit show. I think absolutely. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't think this was a swift decision when they thought that, you know, Danny, you know, needs to be removed and that they're going to come to an agreement, you know, make it sound like that he wasn't fired. I think this is genuine when Danny says that this is something that was on his mind. I mean, shit, he hinted at it on 98.5, you know, about one of the last weeks of the regular season where he admitted to thinking about it. I mean, when someone admits something like that, that means that that's coming soon. I I thought it was going to come within the next summer, but obviously that wasn't the case. So I think this is something that they had pre-planned. They wanted to get it out there as soon as they were eliminated. And I think that was the right thing to do, you know, for, for Brad Stevens to get to work here, so to speak, and try to find a head coach is a big, big task, a, a tall task rather. And I don't, you know, I know he just finished his round of interviews from, you know, guys from within the, the organization uh, internal, but I would really like to see them, you know, look outside. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, what Brad Stevens was doing didn't quite work. I, I just think that I do think Brad's going to have a lot to say with, you know, the direction that this team goes in. But I also think that that head coach is crucial as well. So, you know, you have to make sure it's someone that these guys truly believe in. And again, I do believe, you know, Tatum and Brown should have some say in that decision. I'm not saying that you have to listen to them, but you have to let them in, in on those conversations. And everyone has to be open and upfront as to what exactly went wrong last year. You know, outside of COVID-19 protocol, health and safety protocol, and of course, the slew of injuries that rattled the entire roster. I mean, so I was going to say this for later, but but given what you just said about the head coaching vacancy, right? I think that this is like the most intriguing vacancy and the, the the most intriguing like crop of candidates that we've seen in probably like the last you know five years or so. So, what are the odds that that Brad selects someone like like a Kara Lawson or a Becky Hammond for this role, or even like, like a Sam Cassell? Or do you think he stays internal? I think there's a good chance he'll, he'll look outside. Uh, again, I just think another voice in this locker room could, could really go a long way with these guys. And, and not to say that, you know, Jay Laranega and, and Jerome Allen are, are exactly like Brad Stevens, but there are voices that they, they've heard a lot throughout that locker room. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe one of those guys is, is someone that stands out and that the team truly believes in. But I also think that they could go, you know, radical with this one or, or, or rather progressive with this one. You know, I wouldn't shock me if they hire a female coach. I mean, Becky Hammond is another candidate. I mean, to your point there, yeah, absolutely. I can't remember the last time we saw not only one, but two female candidates that are uh, legitimately, you know, being discussed as top candidates for that position. I think a lot of that has to do with, obviously, Becky's background. But in terms of of Carol Lawson, it has to do with what the the impact uh, she made on this team, you know? You know, this team, a lot of players were in tears when she left, when she accepted the Duke position. And obviously, it's a huge job, you know, great spot for her to head into, you know, NCAA and, and, and lead, 
you know, a women's basketball team, but I really wish she stayed in that bubble, you know, you know, for selfish purposes. I mean, I, I just think that maybe this could have been more of the writing on the wall. I don't say that people are going to be like, oh, he's going to, everyone expected Brad Stevens to get fired. But I just think that little time that she spent with the team went a long way. And to see that emotion come for these players, guys like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, you know, that says a lot. You know, I, I always, I give them a hard time, maybe not Marcus, but more to Jalen and Tatum about, you know, showing attitude and showing more emotion. And, you know, to see that strong of an emotion, to see these guys get emotional for her to leave them, I thought that spoke volumes. So I think she does have a legitimate chance. And I also think that for this team wouldn't surprise me because I just think that one, this is a younger squad, obviously one of the youngest teams, if not the youngest team in the NBA. So I think it's another generation thing where I think they're able to move to look past the gender you know, aspect of this thing. I, I think guys like Jalen and Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum, I don't think that they're, you know, I'm not, I think that's a legitimate concern for some teams, but not this team. Okay. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And what I mean by that is, is managing strong personalities. I'm not quite sure there's a team, there's a player on this team that I think is too strong for, you know, that could be, you know, abrasive or, you know, it could, there could be some sort of friction and not because she's a female, but because of her experience. Now that could also you know, be be tough for her and her chances of, of getting the job. But again, what she's done with the team, I think it, it goes a long way. So I do think she's a legitimate candidate. And also someone like Sam Cassell and Chauncey Billups, former players, I think would be great. You know, Tatum and Brown, guys who came into this league. And let's face it, they're in very, very successful situations. You know, they haven't missed a postseason. Regardless of what role they were in, they've been thrusted into postseason basketball since the very beginning. That wasn't the case with Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups really was the underdog coming out, you know, of, of coming into the NBA, traded halfway through. Of course, he was from the Boston Celtics, had to really make his make a name for himself, made stops in Denver before eventually getting to Detroit and finding that role. And let's talk about the Detroit Pistons. I mean, that team, talk about a team. Everyone knew their role. Everyone knew that it, it took a full effort night in and night out to beat four future Hall of Famers in the Los Angeles Lakers, man, that was one heck of an upset in the NBA Finals. Sign me up for that guy because I think he has a lot to say that could really resonate with these guys. And of course, not only does he have the basketball resume, but he also has been assistant coach for quite some time now. So Chauncey Billups is more than ready to make that step and become a head coach in the NBA for sure. Sorry, I got a lot to say, man. It's just a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, man. Listen, let it go, man. Let it, let it rip. <laughs> listen, not, not only are we all for it, but I'm going to make you talk even more because I'm asking questions based off that. So I got honestly like a three-tier question for you. So you talk a lot about Tatum and Brown. These guys are going to have a say. Completely agree. I think especially Tatum has earned that, and I think he showed that he is the future of this franchise. There's no doubt about it anymore. Absolutely. So he, went up a, he went up another notch in that uh, playoff series. Just, just want to say that real quick. Like that's, that's the one silver lining. That's the one, you know, for, for Celtics fans. Like, okay. He's, he went toe to toe with so, Durant. So, yes. Th- thank you. Thank you for saying Durant, that. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Like that's much it was, it, out of all the shitty season. The one thing I'm going to remember is that Kevin, is that Jason Tatum went head to head with Kevin Durant and beat him. So come agree more. So, so based off of that, Tatum and Brown, who do you think they want? I, I know you're around them a lot, or like you, you've talked to them before. So, like just based off their feelings, who do you think they want? Second, who do you think is the best qualified, and who do you think is going to get it? Oh man, put me on the spot. All I'm right. putting you on the spot, man. You know what? I'm see. I want to say Chauncey. You know, I, I, you could tell us that's my favorite. Carol Lawson's up there, too, as well. Those are my two favorites out of this first, I don't know, batch, you know, of, of potential coaches for the Celtics. But I'm going to I'm going to give the edge to Chauncey just because, again, I mean, I, I think 
I think the organization, you know, you can even put Cassell in there as well, but more Chauncey, right? I just think the organization, they understand how um, significant that is. His basketball background, his resume. And I think these guys know as well. I mean, Jason Tatum, I always say, Tatum's like an old soul, man. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that this guy is not even 25 years old. And, you know, and he grew up, you know, idolizing Kobe Bryant, you know. It wouldn't shock me if he's seen a good chunk of, you know, Detroit basketball, maybe at a very young age, but I'm sure he's gone back and done his homework. And again, I just think it's a great match. So I'm going to say that these guys, guys like Tatum and Brown, they're going to want a former player. I don't know if Chauncey's going to be the first name out of their mouths, but I definitely think that that's a good fit for this organization, or at least how they want to proceed with these guys, of course, leading the way. And, you know, Carol Lawson also is, is in the mix as well. But just because of, I mean, you got guys like, Jason Kidd obviously has had a chance. We saw what Brooklyn Nets did with Steve Nash. I mean, let's face it; these guys pretty much handpicked their head coach. So I think a little bit of that is a reason why I, you know, if I had to predict it, they would go in that direction. Not because they want to copy the Brooklyn Nets, but I just think that we we've, we've seen it happen. And I think those voices they really resonate with the, with these younger with this younger generation for sure. You mentioned Jason Kidd, right? And he's had a lot of of coaching interviews like with Portland because of what's happened in his past. Why would that prevent him from getting a, a new job while he's still gamefully employed? Wait, uh, what do you mean? If, if I'm not mistaken, he just threw it out there that he had no interest in the Portland Trailblazers job. Well, no, there there were a ton of articles that, that came out uh, the last couple of days that say that his that his past, his domestic violence past, is is what's canceled him from these vacancies. Now, if there, if that's not true, then we can strike this in the record book. But I was just like curious, like why would that? Obviously, why would that why would that keep him from a new coaching job while he's still actively in, employed by the NBA? You know, you bring up a really good point, honestly, because that was something that obviously crossed my mind when he was starting to get those assistant coaching positions and no one really brought it up and I, I guess it's like is that the top of the line for him because I don't think that's right to be honest it's got to be one way or the other you know that's right. a really good point that you bring up you know if he, either you're an assistant you know either you're coaching in the NBA or you're not so if, if that's the case I don't think that's fair for the Portland Trailblazers you know the way I saw it was I thought he was trying to get you know trying to trying to get it out there before they even you know called him to before he's even a candidate but, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Obviously, it's something that's been brought up. I mean, there's some reporters in Boston that as soon as his name was brought up as a potential candidate, that was what they said. And I know, I'm not just talking about fans. I'm talking about, you know, members in the media. So I, I do yeah. think that's going to that's not going to bode well for his chances. But honestly, I'm just not crazy about Jason Kidd coaching oh, this team. I, I don't think he's the one. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm not crazy about it. I, I don't think that's the voice that they need. So I, I got to be honest, right? So obviously I'm I'm a big Dame guy. Me and Bobby both are big Dame guys. If that meant that we could have got Dame, hey, bring him on. If you want to fire him after the All-Star break, <laughs> if, that, if that brought Dame to Boston and it's Dame time, I'm here for it. I'm- yeah, but if Dame, if Dame doesn't want to go, and then you stuck with Jason Kidd, man. That's not good. Well, no, that's a, no, 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 no. That's that's true. But he, he didn't know. <laughs> no facts. But he 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 did say. I he's, he's like I, I would want Jason Kidd as a coach. So if that's the case, cool. Come come on come on down. Number five, come on down. Listen, you you, you, you did enough for beating us in the postseason back in the day. Come on down. Bring us over. Bring bring Dame over here. You know, Bracket have to sit down with him and say, you know what, Jason, we, we thought you know, just just kidding, so to speak, right? We, we're we're gonna let you know, brother. And, 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 you know, and, and it's cool. Just just but I I just, I just need Dame here and and, and Green. That's what I'm here for because the Kemba Walker era. It's, <sighs> it's, it's yeah, it's, it's got to go. In the words of Kenny Smith, it's it's, it's, all, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. Yeah, but yo, you know, from the moment Dame says I want to be traded, it's gonna be 
17 teams behind the Celtics with their best offense. So you know Jalen Brown is going to have to headline that deal, man. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, if, if you're willing to make that move, if you know, if Celtics fans, if, if they're okay with that, I mean, then that's a whole other different conversation. But the, the, I, I just don't think realistically we're going to see a big three with Dame Lillard because it's going to be at least a handful of teams that can top that offer. Who's the best player Celtics are sending over? You know, Kemba? You know, maybe a sign and trade with Evan Fournier, Marcus listen, Smart. Listen, what, yeah, whatever, like, whatever, whatever they want. Portland's like, like, Portland's gonna be like, yo, what else you guys got? Are you serious right now? This is, <laughs> come on, man. We're in tears right now. We're saying our goodbyes to this dude. Listen, what, what, whatever they want. Listen, Terry Stock's already gone. Listen, CJ gonna be gone too. CJ ain't gonna be like, he ain't gonna be there much longer. Like that. Listen, that team has been together for nine or ten years, and they have not done anything it's time to blow it up it's okay and once again i know dame signed that four-year deal for 191 a couple years ago i get that it's going to be hard to move but listen he's not going he's not going to the he's not going to the knicks i mean i know i'm sure lebron will say hey man you know i'll use this space jam but come to the real space jam out of la i get it but that that's not that doesn't mean that's gonna that's necessarily gonna happen i'm just saying listen man if they want my niece and nephew like whoever they want i'm here drop them off at logan i'll be right there with like I said, with my watch, the, I got a pair of Dame shoes in my in my closet, so I'm at the crib. So Dame, listen, if if you ever hear this, brother, I'm I'm all in on you coming here to Boston. Like I, I think he'd be great. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm out on the Kemba oh, Walker man. era. Love him, love him That'll as a personality, incredible. you know. But I mean, listen, man, you brought up about Jalen Brown. You know, Celtics fans happy about that because we we haven't talked to you obviously since October. But what, would you have been happy if Jalen Brown got moved for for James Harden? Because there's some people on no, the, on this panel that no, didn't want to, so so no, no okay, so no, 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 absolutely not. See, what people are is easy to forget when you watch what the Brooklyn Nets are doing or what they did throughout the course of the regular season is that you got a motivated James Harden, right? I mean, he looks to his left, he's got Kevin Durant. He looks to his right, he's got Kyrie Irving. He's got he's that what was it, 18 assists against the Celtics? One of those games that's light work, man. That's nothing <laughs> to him. Facts. Like. That's a motivated James Harden. If that Harden faces any kind of adversity in Boston, I don't know if you get the same effect. You know, I don't. Get, I don't know if you get the same result. You may get Houston Rockets 2020 James Harden. You know, James Harden. You know what, man? I'm gonna go down to Pro. What was it Providence? That, that, is that the best strip clubs around here? I'm gonna go to Providence. I'll check y'all later. See you guys. Like, if that happens, you guys would be like, you know, not just you. Everyone would be like, what? a colossal mistake why did they <laughs> trade Jalen brown for this for this freaking right. loser you know what i mean like and listen maybe that doesn't happen maybe it doesn't but you mean to tell me you mean to tell me there's no risk of that right no, there's a sure, big sure risk. There is, but there's, huge but, risk but my thing is we, we've been saying and there's friends that want change here like we've been saying oh fire the coach or fire danny okay so okay that's happened now danny's gone brad's moved on to end coaching but it's like yo maybe the roster that's currently constructed is not working either this is like the best roster we had was that 2017-2018 team like that to me that's not debatable even though the most fun team was the year before in 2016-2017 you know the year that you know you know unfortunately it lost his sister and then maybe you know yeah hey man hey they still got to the conference finals hey so i mean say, say what you, you know but you know but yeah that they was you know Speaking of Dame's season, that was the last time a Celtics player averaged 29 points, man. That was crazy. Crazy. Isaiah. Crazy. Unbelievable there. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. That you know, not- top five in MVP voting. So, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. I mean, but I, I mean, I get it. Like I said, I mean, Mike Mike was uh, smiling as you were saying that no to James Harden. He's been saying no to James Harden since December yeah. when the trade happened. You know, but It's I don't tempting. Know, in retrospect, it's tempting. It's, it's really tempting to go back in time. It's really tempting. But step away from the DeLorean, all right? Don't go back in time. Don't change it, all right? <laughs> Don't go to that time machine. 
I do have a question to just based on like what Ray just said and, and what and what you said. What are the odds that that, that Jalen and Jason don't reach their their full potential on the same team? I think that's I, I think that's very possible. That could certainly happen. I mean, when you look at their contract extensions, I, I think it's it's a little deceiving because if this thing, if we're still looking at a five hundred team and, and ten months from now or so, like. Who's to say that one of these guys is going to say, you know what, it's not working here. I, I'm not quite sure I want to be here anymore. I mean, that could very well happen for sure. So that's why this offseason is really important. But at the same time, I don't think this organization is in the space where they're like, you know what, it's time to split these guys up. No, absolutely not. They've worked very hard to get to this point. One, getting the draft picks right. I mean, they're, they're one Markel fault away from blowing this whole thing up, you know, from ruining the, the entire rebuild, you know, like Jalen Brown. One dragon bender from ruining the entire rebuild. Oh, crap. Oh. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Oh, you know, Josh Jackson, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, let's face it. Jalen Brown, I, I don't want to put it this way, but this is the best way I could put it. For him to survive that Kyrie Irving experience and not be so turned off that he was, that was a blessing as well. That To sign him for that contract extension, I think it's a bargain. Team but friendly. Forward, team friendly, yeah, for sure. Team friendly, for sure. Yeah. Moving forward, you got to do the best you can to supplement talent around these guys. And, you know, of course, they're going to do their best to try to trade Kemba Walker, but it's not going to be easy. You know, they're going to try their best to consolidate, you know, three or four of these bench players into one, you know, solid player that they can certainly rely on, but that's not going to be easy as well. You know, and look, for the topic of, of trading Kemba Walker, I put it like this. If, if you, if the Celtics are to trade someone like Kemba Walker, they're going to get a situation that's Kemba Walker-like in return. That's the only way a team will accept something like that. I don't know, Chris, that's Porzingis is the name that's out there. You know, yeah. like, is OKC still trying to get, like, 25 first-round picks? I don't know. Al Horford? I mean, look, this is the situation that the Celtics are in. This is realistic. These are realistic options of, of how to get get from under that Kemba Walker contract, but it's not going to be easy. Chris, that Porzingis has more money on his books than Kemba Walker does. You know, Al Horford has the extra year, but at least it dips down to $17 million towards the tail end of that contract, so it goes down. Whereas, you know, Kemba's goes the, in the other direction. So it's tough. You know, those are sort of the option. But I, I don't think that this ownership is in a space where they're thinking that, you know, let's go full rebuild here. No, they're trying to say this thing on the fly. And what I mean by that is keep these superstars or these all-stars rather, you know, in tune and entertained because they've never been through a first round knockout. And they're not quite sure where the direction this team is going. I got to ask, man. So throughout this whole season, a big hot topic on this podcast has been management and coach or the players you know who's to blame who's gonna blow up first what's gonna happen they're gonna trade the players they're gonna fire this and fire uh fire danny and fire brad how relieved are you as a basketball fan or a basketball guy that jason tatum and jalen brown are the ones that this organization chose they recognized that basketball talent yeah. and didn't go the management route and try and save the coach or save the gm yeah, they did the right thing. I, I mean, I'm relieved, but I'm also not I'm not that surprised, right? I mean, the NBA, like organizations, they've seen this story before. They see how things can get sour, you know, when you try to, uh, you know, go the other way and, and not try to, to to please these guys. You know, it's funny, man. One of these uh, older guys, someone in the industry reached out to me and was just like, man, these players, they, they're going to handle it. They're going to handpick their coach and they're going to, you know, handpick who they want to play with and then they're going to go win a championship. I was like, where have you been? Yes, this is the NBA. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah, they're gonna do that. <laughs> what did the Brooklyn Nets? What did they do last summer? That's exactly what they did. No, like 
you know, what did LeBron and Rich Paul do two years before he left Cleveland? Set up shop in L.A. I mean, little by little, make sure that Anthony Davis wasn't going to get traded to Boston because Rich Paul put the word out. You'll be wasting your assets for nothing for one year rental. So, you know, that listen, this organization is, man, for a team that's been thrown so many curveballs. I mean, talk about a Celtics team that's still relevant and still has two stars that are obviously on the up and up haven't even entered their prime. I mean, I mean, that just says a lot about Danny Ainge. And because this move was so shocking, I feel like he didn't get his proper, like, you know, salute for his last 18 years of service, man. Because people can say what they want about the last two or three years. You know, there are, those obviously weren't him at his best. But from bringing a championship to, to staying relevant, you know, squeezing out that big three of, of Pierce Garnett and Ray Allen, to having what one drop off year, technically two years, even though that second year, Brad Stevens, you made the postseason when you weren't supposed to. I mean, he turned this thing around quicker than anyone expected. And now I know it's frustrating that we're not able to see this team get back to the NBA finals where it seemed like they were so close. But, you know, this is just the position that they're in and they're just trying to rebound as best as they can. Right. So, right. So, I mean, let's keep the theme with, the, you know, just surrounding them with talent. Because obviously we know Tatum and Brown in the future. So I know free agency doesn't start until August 1st, I believe. So, you know, who do you think they should go after them? Because clearly I feel like shooting to me is the number one thing, but how do they improve their roster to make this team a contender next year? You know, it's interesting. I mean, it's, I don't know if, if how high on the list Evan Fournier is, but I mean, he's, I, I think he's a piece that the Celtics have to really consider. It's just going to cost them a lot, you know? And, and I think that ultimately they, they may pass or, or at least they may be, you know, trumped by another team. So, you know, when you talk about, potential free agents out there i mean they don't have a whole lot of cat space so i think for the most part they're going to try to do the best they can on the trade front you know you know trying to consolidate these guys you know grant williams and you know guys that are on that bench i'm not saying that they're going to be able to deal these guys but i think that they have to do their best to just give to to give those guys whether it's a, a shooter or a secondary playmaker that's going to make a big difference because i i don't know man if you're, if you're unable to trade kemba walker I, I think your backcourt gets significantly thin i mean it already was thin right so it's tough. And, but then you look for outside shooting, you know, someone like Tim Harwood Jr. was someone that, you know, I think would be great on this team. But, I mean, it's just they don't have a whole lot of money to play with, man. They got to get really creative. I mean, you can shade. They still have the MLE, which I believe it's about 10, 11 million left on that. There is an expiration on that, but you still have a couple of months. So they're going to try their best there. But it's difficult to say. And I think that signing or, or no, no signing is going to really, you know, tell us what direction they're going in. And if he does stick around, you're not going to see much movement after that. But if he doesn't, I think something's going to be very aggressive on the trade front for sure. Right. But we're gross, but you, you he can't come out here and quote 50 cent, right? Like, oh, we're going to get Benner 18 or die trying. You you can't quote 50 cent and not have your ass all in. So I'm sorry. How much how much of the tax are you going to pay? How much of that tax? <laughs> yeah, but, no, but, but, that, but that, that's what he kept talking about, though. He said, oh, you know, we're willing to spend, willing to spend. So, OK, you, Rich Gotham, Mike Zane, OK, well, get, get your ass at, at, in, in the room and start talking about <laughs> what you can do. Because at this moment, you need to go all in. If you're saying if you once again, if, you, if you're quoting 50 cents saying we're going to get Benner 18 or die trying there's something needs to happen so whether that's yeah. resigning fournier which i i agree to me the only suitor outside of boston maybe would be he, he looks like a san antonio spur like he did that to me <laughs> he, he, he just screams to me he's, he's a six seven he's a six seven tony park yeah the, 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 really the next the, the next would be mm-hmm. cool because I, I know they, they were in on or tried to get hayward last year but obviously well that and they tried they were, they were trying to trick they were trying to trade for yeah that's true they were trying to trade for fournier before the deadline if i'm not mistaken something swooped in so 
It could happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's say we, we probably could have had Fournier and Gordon, but, you know, we didn't want to give up Marcus Smart. So so I heard. So we heard. We don't know. I mean, you're, you're more plugged in than we are, but I'm just like, you didn't want to give Marcus Smart. We could have got maybe both of them guys back. Like, who knows what could have happened if, you know, if the, both of the guys were on the team. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I, to me, with Grossberg, it's time to put up a shut-up, dog. Like, you can't come in there trying to be all smiles and give all these bells and whistles to Trenny on the network, but not say what you – so back up what you say, say what you mean, mean what you say, and bring some real talent here so just like on the championship team you brought in posey you brought in pj brown you brought in eddie house you know you brought in rasheed Wallace. you brought in guys that were ready veterans made players already in this league like they got to do that now and, and i know we talked about semi shemmy last time i came on here that was clowning shemmy and he was like man you know that, that might be the guy you hate now so yeah i, I can't stand him <laughs> but honestly i feel like like listen carson Tremont Waters and Taco, I'm done. Listen, I, I know it's the fan favorite thing. You know, we want Taco. Don't fucking yell, we want Taco. Don't you? We want Taco. You just they're mentioned not, three not players, my man. Like, I don't that, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they got to go. They got to go. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. crazy. They can play a favorite yeah. part with you and me. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's not working. I'm sorry. That's I I can't do it. Yo, if Taco like, pulled up, that would be wild. The Taco pulled right, up, but, man. But ta- ta- yeah, exactly. <laughs> fact, right? <laughs> but my ta- ta- Taco Taco's a sideshow. And I, I, like I said, as much as I think he's a great guy, I think he's improved. But I just saw a guy that Taco should be, and he plays in Dallas, and that's Bobo Marjanovic. If he became that. Yeah, that guy was I can, I can yeah. take that, but he, he's still so, a project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's two years of being two years away, and that that's a yeah. problem still. So he's he's a waste of roster space. I gotta say, I don't think Wick. I don't think Wick knew he was quoting Fifty Cent. Just for the record, <laughs> <laughs> right? Facts. It's so almost like someone like nodded his head. And he turned around. He's like, you like that? That was good, huh? Like, oh. <laughs> it's the oldest line in the book, my guy. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? He's like, someone told him after the fact. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But yeah. no, man. You know, I also think that Jalen Brown and, and Tatum, I mean, I don't know, man. They got to like, and I've been saying this all year. And sometimes I get crap from Celtics fans. And sometimes, depending on how they're feeling, they're like, they got to make it like, I don't know. Make it seem fun. Like, you guys like playing with each other? Do you guys look forward to Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I, I don't. Sometimes I, I, I struggle wording it the way I want it to sound. But it's, it's just like, I, I want that, like, okay. You remember Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. Man, those guys, they were barely 500 some seasons. That one year, they did what they did the thing. But for the most part, you know, they were they were always like, ah, the damn Celtics. Are they ever going to do anything? But boy, those two had fun, right? I mean, you saw them like, handshaking and all this stuff. And, you know, obviously Walker had the wiggle and obviously they were both getting theirs, but it didn't seem like they were just out to get theirs, you know? And sometimes I feel, I get that sense with Tatum and Brown. Like they're just out to get theirs. And that doesn't mean that they don't care about winning, but I just think the way they see winning is like, I got to do my absolute best for this team to win. Whereas it's like, as you get older and it's going to happen to them, they're going to realize, no, to make, to reach that next level, it's not, I don't have to go out and score 50. I have to find out how can we make this team as strong as possible, as difficult as possible for opposing squads. You know what I mean? I mean, that's really what it is, right? It's almost like a young LeBron in those years when he couldn't get over the hump against the Celtics, where it's just like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, until he finally realized, wait, no, I got to set up other guys because half of these guys are wide the F open. You know what I mean? Like, and look, I, I don't, I just think their relationship on the basketball court, it makes a difference. I mean, right. like guys can look to that all-star tandem and say, you know what? I can help those guys. Those guys are one player away to, from knocking away the knocking off the nets. You know, I want to join those guys. So I, I really do think the relationship 
it's just important. It just gives off the right vibe. I mean, I made this joke that if I was an all-star at All-Star Weekend and I saw them, yeah, if I was like, you know, perennial all-star, I would talk so much shit to them. I would be like, oh, look, yo, it's the 500 all-star crew. Yo, look, yo, yo, it's the all-star tandem. <laughs> That they can't put together a winning record in the East. They're like, what's wrong with y'all, man? Like, I would give them so much crap if I was, you know, LeBron or, you know, one of these, maybe not LeBron, but, you know, someone that's been there, like, all the time. Because, you know, a lot of teams in the NBA, would, would they would kill for something like that. Two rising all-stars, but, right. you know, under 25. And, again, it just seems like sometimes, man, they just, like, it's like a pickup game out there. And they're both getting theirs, and it's great, and their stats are damn near identical some nights. But it's just like, man, how the record is 500. So what's going on? You know, but to your point, right? It's like you want to be a player that looks at those two and not only says like I can make them better, but like, damn, they could they could elevate my game, right? That's what that's how you get people because if they look at if they say those two would make me better, then they're buying into the entire process. But like, like to your point, like why do you think it is? Is it because they're they're reluctant to show emotion, or that or like Jalen doesn't want to step on Jason's toes for being the leader, or vice versa? Like, why is it that when they're on the court, not all the time, but most times, it feels like they're just going through the, the, the court general motions? You know what I mean? Like, I, I have to do this. I have to do this. I, I just think it's their background. I mean, these guys came up and, again, winning situations. And, and I don't say that, you know, to knock them. Like, oh, you guys don't know what it's like to, to struggle. But I just think they both come from backgrounds where that was their job. They went there and scored. And they went and, and, and they were the guy. And. I don't know, maybe the, the AAU, you know, the AAU culture didn't help with that coming up in high school where you played with some of the top guys in the country and you, you know, beat teams by 45 points and you come into the NBA and sure, you're not one of the top guys, but you're in a winning situation and the pressure is not on to you that much. You know, I always tell the story about being out in Cleveland when, you know, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were set to make their debut and there wasn't one single reporter next to Tatum as I asked him questions like it was just like everyone just hovered up because there was no pressure man like they didn't have to deal with that that didn't really set in until this year and this was the year that was the most it was the it was a, it was a struggle and it was a struggle for everybody it wasn't just the Celtics you know it was a tough year I mean we got to face it guys when the NBA looks back on this season they're going to be like man that was not a good idea that was not a good idea to have these guys playing every other night you know what they did to their bodies every team is dealing with injuries right now you know, and, and the Celtics obviously dealt with it the most. And, you know, going into next season, I think that the NBA will do a better job of, you know, trying to get more rest in and trying to make sure that these guys, you know, are taking care of their bodies better than they did this past season because it was grueling. It was tough. But, you know, being coming back from what happened and this offseason refreshed, I can't wait to see at least just these two, how they're going to respond, what their relationship is going to look like on that basketball court because it's going to make all the difference. Yeah, man. And, and, and- so I think something – so we keep talking about the relationship between these two and that, like, they like to play – they do like to play ISO together. They're like, you take a turn, I take a turn. Mm-hmm. You take a turn, I take you a turn. You go like, and hey, I go. You go like, yeah, that, that's how – seems like they operate like that, especially when they get into that stale offense. Like, they did so much this year, whereas, like, they feel yeah. like they're struggling for buckets. That's when they go to ISO. Do you think a, a point guard – I'm going to bring him up just because I love him. Rajon Rondo, someone that style, maybe not him, but someone like Rondo, who's just going to be the general. Like these two guys wouldn't have to bring up the ball every time. They they could just work to get their shot. Rondo feeds them, and and that's all she wrote. Do you think someone like that could be someone that could merge their two games and, and even let them keep playing the game they're comfortable playing, but like be successful doing it? 
100%. I would love that. I would love to see Ray Jarrano back still today. I mean, I feel like this this conversation comes up. It, it's been brought up at least, you know, twice. It's like every offseason, you know, should the Celtics get him back, you know, just to have someone in there? And, and I think now more than ever for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, his experience and his voice in that locker room and on the court. I mean, can you name another guy that could just – his approach with LeBron James during the playoffs last year in a bubble? I mean, like, even after they won, I was like, there's no way he's going to stick around. LeBron's like, yeah, I, I can't do it. This dude just says whatever he wants. And just like <laughs> – he just controls everything. Like, I can't be having this. Like, I appreciate it, Ron, and I appreciate you, but let's get straight. I, I think someone like that in Boston with these guys, they're going to be all ears. And you know what? It's not just about, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. I, I think it's genuine. Like, Rondo – when he's dealing with younger guy, even with the Celtics, and you know, before he left, it was genuine when he got into these guys. People, people believed in him, and I, I think that would be a great addition. You know, if that were, uh, if that's a possibility, and if I'm the Celtics, man, I would really look into it for sure. Because uh, again, they're going to need to address that backcourt in one way or another. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's is not ready to be a starting point guard. I, I, I don't hate Marcus Smart in that spot. But he's got to have someone else in there in the mix for sure. No, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, it can't be can't be Marcus. No, not Marcus. I'm sorry, no, <laughs> not all the time, anyways. <laughs> yeah, imagine Chauncey as head coach with Rajon Rondo. Oh we, man, boy, so much knowledge, this team man. Like, let's so go. So much IQ. Yeah, that oh, that gets me fired up. Let's go. Yo, just imagine <laughs> I'm like, all for it, man. Yeah, let's go. I'm ready. Just, right. just imagine like a, 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 all the IQ in that locker room. Like, a, like if someone just pulled a chessboard out, like what? Jalen Brown? You guys rage on Rondo? Right, <laughs> so much right. high basketball, so much high basketball IQ and just just IQ in general, man, could could definitely uh, go a long way for this team. Can I ask the one question, Ray? Because this is either going to validate me or it's going to make me look like the idiot that we all know that I am. I have been pushing for a guy like. Russell Westbrook on this team because he's an animal like he's just he's a lunatic and I don't think that I think I think he would control and dictate the pace for for Jalen and for Jason and am I insane for thinking that Russell Westbrook would make us better than what we currently are nah man I, I like it too man I like it too yo you and I we're in the minority man no one wants to hear that right now but I mean it's just ah, that would be tough man that would be tough you know some speculation was that oh if there's something's if they get really ballsy, they could get that backcourt and, and trade for Jalen Brown. I'm like, ah, they're not doing that. Watch is not doing it. But yeah, you know, to answer your question, I would for Jalen Brown. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, so you know, you know, internet's getting crazy. Yeah, oh, someone wow. put that out there. Wow, said, wow. Yeah. wow. And, and obviously, Kemba would have to go the other way too. Sure. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yes. see, see, okay, yeah. But, <laughs> but but if you're Washington, you're just gonna be like, well, we're we gonna give up. We're giving up already. All right, you know, like it's just tough. I think they're going to try to give us another go to, to try to appease these guys because that playoff push, I don't think they saw that coming. And uh, they, they want to see more of that. But, yeah, I mean, in theory, I, I do like it. And if you were to, to demand a trade and somehow the Celtics try to do it for Kemba, yeah, sign me up. But, again, it's, almost, it's back to what we were saying earlier. Right? It's, it's gonna The conversation starts with Jalen Brown, and I don't want to see something do that for Russell Westbrook. I just don't want to see them do it in general, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they could do it for Devin Booker. <laughs> You know, they make it about the same, you know, they're the same age. I, I mean, I know Phoenix, Phoenix would be ridiculous to do that. Like, but I mean, like, that's the only, that's one of the few guys I'm like, okay, if you said, if you want Jalen Brown and Leslie, they're the same age, you know, Devin Booker and Tatum, which Tatum talked about, he wanted to play with Booker anyway, but he thought he said it on all the smoke. He was like, yeah, I was going to, I thought I was going to Phoenix and we were going to hoop together. Yeah, it was it was going to be the light skinned assassins, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it just didn't work out. As, yeah, it didn't work out that way. No, so. no, yeah, Phoenix. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say Phoenix messed up in the draft. Oh, wow. but even not getting Tatum, they really messed up. But yeah, 
Right. So, so I, I wanted to switch gears for a little bit. Just do it. Let's be a little more serious, man. But obviously, NBA fans are wilding. Like we've seen stuff in Philadelphia. We've seen stuff in. We saw stuff here in Boston. Obviously, you okay. know. Obviously, we know what's going on in Utah in the past, and you know something happened. With, I think with John Moran's father, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously, Trey Young getting spit out at at MSG. So. You know, what do you think the NBA could do or should do when it comes to ensuring player safety? Because right now, fans just seem they didn't want to be uh, assholes, you know, just assholes all, all around. So how, how do you feel they should go about ensuring player safety? You know, heightened security is always something I think that makes a big difference. I know it doesn't sound like it does, but just, just the mere presence. I mean, it, it just... It's just no, there's no place for that, man. Like these guys, you know, these spectators, they go in just because you buy a ticket doesn't mean that you can do stuff like that. And I get it. People haven't been out for a while, had a lot to drink, but so what? I mean, you got to hold these guys accountable. And I like that they, that these names are printed in the newspapers. And we know this guy's from Braintree that did that through that water bottle of Kyrie Irving. You know, the way Russell Westbrook reacted to that fan. I mean, like you feel for him, you know, it's some idiot on the Boston radio station was like, oh, this, this is going to come off bad. But he did. He goes, oh, it's just popcorn. I'm like, what? It's just popcorn. Like, yo, you don't have the right to throw anything at these guys, you know? And, and, and of course, the racial aspect of it is, is of course, relevant because the, the, the historical, you know, just in terms of black athletes and entertainers, you know, a lot of what Kyrie said is, is, is very on point. I just... I wasn't. Ex- I just wasn't crazy about the vehicle he used to deliver his point. If, if you know what I mean. Right. Exactly. And that, that 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 was yeah. That was my issue too. And if you're gonna tell the story, Kyrie, tell the whole story. Okay. You right. can't talk about that, especially with sports. And you're not gonna mention Bill Russell and Red Auerbach. And, you know what Red Auerbach right. meant to the game of basketball in the NBA and the Celtics and starting five black, you know, players for the first time, hiring the first black coach. I mean, I, right. I just thought it was a bit off-putting. But I mean, obviously, no one was listening to what he was saying, being like, "Oh, this is ridiculous." Like, yeah, it's true, but it was just a bit of a low blow. I, I guess is the best way to put it in a way. It was like, "Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna point at the city's background and all that stuff because you're trying to gain leverage in a series." I thought he was trying to gain leverage a bit, and you know what? I mean, I, I mean, in the playoffs, in the best seven series, you're gonna do the best you can to look for leverage. I just thought again, it was a little bit of a it was a little bit of a low blow. I mean, that's a something topic, but it is what it is. I didn't. I was one of these guys that was like, oh, Kyrie was out of line for that. No, he was doing what he does in the playoffs, and that's what what NBA stars do and try to gain an advantage. But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, man, yeah, there's just no place for that. I mean, you high in security, and and, and I guess you just really call these guys out, you know? I I think that's that's it right there because nowadays with social media, once your name gets out there and people know what you look like, I mean, it's just the bad look, you know? In terms of like in the arena, like do you do what Brooklyn does? Because like they have not only like the state, like the theater lighting, but if you notice, like there, there's not a lot of courtside seats anywhere. I don't know if that's because of COVID, but they have that that, that like the it's like the LED light board behind where the players. So do you remove access to the court for fans? Is is that something that that you think the NBA could do, or would they be too scared to lose out on revenue for that? Yeah, they're too scared to lose out on revenue, man. They're trying to they're trying to come up, you know. They got the garden selling burgers for like twenty dollars right now, man. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the concessions are crazy. But yeah, I mean, I just I don't think they'll do that, honestly. If anything, most arenas are trying to add, you know, that's what the yeah. garden did, you know, just before the shutdown. But yeah, I mean, I just think that the the national media having you know bringing light to it and and, and talking about it constantly, I think that helps for sure. And hopefully, this doesn't continue to be a trend into next season. Listen. I'll tell you one thing. If people weren't running into the people weren't running it or throwing stuff at athletes after Ron Artest went up 20 rows and beat someone's ass. Okay. Yeah, right. Just saying, right. Let, let one of these NBA players 
one free shot at someone who throws something at them. Like it would be yeah, in normal real. life. And I promise you, no one will be throwing anything anymore. And it, it's, 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 it's got to be Russ, though. It's got to be Russell Westbrook. Like, yes. It, it, can't be, it, has, <laughs> it has to be him. If Russell Westbrook walked by you on the street and you dumped popcorn on him, I guarantee you that would be the last thing you ever did in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Westbrook is the type of person... I, I think Westbrook is the type of person that he would be someone to ask and then, and then rant about it for 30 minutes on I, right. I, he will stand I, over yeah. you and tell you how he beat your ass, right? Yeah, <laughs> and and why you shouldn't have done it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, I, listen. I say that phrase. I'm here for it, and I, I, listen. I, I say that all the time. I'd have yeah. been here for that. I, I wouldn't have been mad at that. You know, people don't they don't like Westbrook because of his attitude sometimes, and you know the the I don't know. I guess the way he plays, but I love it. it. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Man, it's been that way for the last few years. Yeah, you know. That's somebody who he goes out there. He's just playing, you know. He's doing his thing, and uh, and don't talk about how much money these guys make and all that stuff. It's about respect at the end of the day, man. Treat these guys with respect. So we'll bring it back to to the Celtics, but obviously we're we're going into the 21, 2021, 2022 season. So just real quick as a quick hitter, what what are your early bold predictions for the for the Celtics next year? Oh man, you mean like? So what? It it, it, it it could be roster stuff. It could be a record thing. It could be because we already we we already exhausted the culture thing. But it could be a player that takes a leap. It could be someone that comes here that we don't think is coming. So something something like that. Mm. Man, I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't think I don't think too much crazy things gonna happen, man. But that doesn't mean this is a bad thing, you know. I I just I I, I do think they'll add a player or two, but I don't think it's gonna be like a, this huge splash that people are like, oh okay, here we go, something. They're gonna be a tough team out there. I think this is going to be more about, okay, when we were healthy, there was, there was a lot of positive takeaways and let's expound on that. You know, let's try to, to, to get that, you know, these, hopefully the injuries will be out of the way they're thinking. And, you know, without the guys missing games because of COVID-19 health and safety protocol, you know, I, I just think that these, they believe in, in, in these guys, you know, the core and some of these younger players. So, you know, and when you think about the, the cap space and how restricted they are, I mean, if that doesn't happen, I would only I would say maybe they find a way to trade Kemba, but it's not going to be. I mean, maybe it's one of those guys that I mentioned, whether it's Al Horford or, or Porzingis. But I mean, chances are, I think he he maybe he stays. You know, I, I think he stays until at least he, they can showcase him a bit more, and maybe you try to, to flip him during the offseason. I mean, during the uh, before the trade deadline. But I mean, that's even tougher. So. I don't know. If I had to predict it, they don't, they're not able, they're unable to move Kemba. People always want to talk about Al Horford and no one thought that the Philadelphia 76ers would be able to move that, but it's just so different, right? I mean, we're talking about an undersized uh, guard, 31, all these problems are rattling up, you know, recently, it's just going to scare away a lot of teams. Horford was older though. Horford was, I mean, Horford's going to be 35, so he's going to be 35. Actually, he might be 35 this month. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. He that's that's, that's true. That's true. But I mean, I he feel like people, hurt, thought, right. people thought that he, that he was that he sucked. That it was over in Philly, and then he came out. He was actually he was still hooping in uh, in OKC. You know, they yeah. just told they just, they yeah. made yeah. OKC decision. was like, well, we don't yeah, want well, you're doing, <laughs> come on. right? You're doing too much. Like we want K right. Cunningham here. That's not well, what I, we do around here, Al. right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, exactly. Well, I'll give my bold prediction. I, I feel like well, and this is this probably that's why we call it bold. They'll have a top five bench scoring wise next year. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm oh gonna my. Say that. yep, I saw why they're gonna have a top five scoring bench. I'm gonna say so that means certain guys take a leap where they bring somebody here, but I'm, they're gonna finally address the need for you know bench scoring or the bench mob, as uh Marcus Morris senior used to call them a couple years ago, like when the bench was oh, really yeah. good then, you know what I'm saying? So that that's why I think, yeah, t- yep, exactly, exactly. So and the bench crew, 
Yo, Morris is one of my favorite, man. I spent a lot of time with Morris, man. That's a good dude. Yeah, he's great. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, they'll, have, they'll have a top five um, score bench for I, that's That's my board prediction. Last thing, and I will let you leave, I promise. I'm going I'm I'm to make you make a bold prediction. Is Marcus Smart on the Celtics next season? No. Oh, shoot. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Right. There it is. We got, no. we got him on wax. We got him on wax saying, okay, cool. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen, man. I mean, I am a Marcus Smart guy, but I think it might happen, guys. <laughs> because, again, we talk about the restriction of the cap, and that name still holds a lot of weight in the NBA, especially guys – or teams rather that thinking that they just need one defensive stopper that could put them over yeah, the edge. Cool. And, take, you know, one of these West coast work. teams, you never know, man, like that energy and all that. And you know, that uh, team friendly contract, sure. It's expiring, but some team that's just looking to add an extra muscle and they think that the Marcus Smart is the guy, but you know, you know, you know what I'm scared of though. I feel like could since, since you're saying that what's, what's going to happen, it's going to mess around and be like, uh, dunna, 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 the Celtics <laughs> traded Marcus Smart to the LA Clippers for Patrick Beverly and Luke Kennard, and I'm gonna lose my shit. And I'm gonna be in your DM saying, <laughs> I'm, "I'm gonna be in your DM like, bro, I can't believe you called this shit." Like, yo, that's so funny you say that. No, no, no I'm dying laughing because that's so funny you say that because that's got Brad Stevens written all over. Tell me you said Fact. As soon as I heard it, I was like, "Man, that, that sounds one. so realistic." It's like, it's like, oh, we, we, yo, we got a guy that brings defensive toughness and you know versatility. Add in, add in Nicholas Batum, and it's all over. Oh gosh! Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but you know what though? It's funny. We were saying people, people were upset about that. Remember, we was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna take Batum back for Hayward." Da da da. I mean, he, Batum was okay for them with, with the Clippers this season. So I'm like, you know, um, but granted, he, he wouldn't have done that here. Like he he was only okay because yeah. he was in LA, so that that's that man. So Gallinari, man, it's like where did that come from? Like really? Like <laughs> he's doing his thing in Atlanta because yeah, that, that that's funny you say that because yeah, those same names I was hearing the same thing. Oh, you could replace him with someone like this. You could replace him with someone like you know Gallinari. You know Hayward's replacing. I'm like, no, I don't like either of those guys, and I <laughs> I didn't feel great about. Hayward's health moving forward, and here we are, you know, shocker. Right, I mean, right, exactly. Is that, I mean, that, was, that one was for you, Joe. Joe's one of our guys on the show. He's not here, but <laughs> that was for you, Joe. Oh, okay. but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Bogdanovich was someone too, man. I mean, you know, Milwaukee, yeah. you know, miffed on that. But, I mean, man, Bogdanovich healthy has changed their season. Yeah, I mean, those. I think those are the kind of guys Celtics will do their best to target, man. But, yeah, that's such a Brad trade. Throw some picks in there. Clippers would do that. Oh, God. I, I know. I hope. I hope. So, <laughs> that team needs a Marcus. That yeah, team no, needs a Marcus. I know, I'm scared. I'm scared. Yo, I'm scared. you're I'm telling us about a Brad trade. That's such you a know, Brad it, trade. It is. It is. But we, we, we're gonna have to close on that before I get any more emotional behind that. So <laughs> good way to close, man. Pat, <laughs> yeah. Patrick Beverly, your newest Boston Celtics. So, yeah, I, I can't. I'll, I'll go crazy. You no. Know, by the way, by the way, people listening to this, if Marcus gets traded, don't say it's my fault. All right, I don't want. That. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just yeah. think, yo, it could absolutely happen. That's a big chip on the on the table right now. You know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see who bites. We'll see which team bites. You know, I mean, you have to. Like, Brad wouldn't be doing. He wouldn't be doing his proper due diligence if he didn't put him on the table, right? Like, you got to put some serious package deals together if you want to. If you want to get a, a someone something in return, so we'll see. We'll see. Brad the GM, so weird. Which, by the way, before we even before I get out of here, I want to make this clear. I, I, this is not long term. I don't think so. I I really don't. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Goodman said the same thing. He, he, he came on. It's, it's not gonna, no, yeah. two years max. Yeah, absolutely. So organization, did, the owners is like, look, Brad, this is right. the least you can do. So who 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 who
you 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 got yeah. you got to get you got to get Sam Pressure if that's the case. Go get him. He's from here. Bring him here. Bring oh him here. man, that's a that's a given, right? Okay, C's gonna be like, don't you think about it, Sam? Don't even. Yeah, no, yeah. they, no, they would we'll they would take Brad as the coach though. If Brad said our coach over there, they'll take that trade. Brad for Sam Preston, they would do that. Kind of like how we got Doc over there, they, they would do that. Yeah. In, in my opinion, and you know, give them a couple of picks, they'll be they'll be happy with that. Yeah, I think by now, by, by now, I was gonna say by now, Brad's definitely refreshed on the, the uh, Danny Steve. I mean, Danny Steve, uh, Danny Ainge one on one. You know, he knows how to trade some coaches. You know, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't shock me <laughs> <laughs> or, or or make unorthodox you know trades that other organizations have never done. Right. Man, who, yeah, who does that? They traded Doc for some picks. I'm like, yo, Danny would trade his mom. I swear, man. Like he was that kind of dude. Yo. Salute, salute to Danny Ainge, yo. for real. Like that. I'll never forget this era. I'll never forget this era. And, but, and I know you guys can say the same thing. I mean, come on, Kevin Garnett, like that kid, that teenager. That when when that kid found out, he was man. Let me tell you, incredible, Danny Ainge, man, for real. Like, well, people got it. It's just it was so shocking that it just. Happened in the day, and that's it. But we got to salute him for sure, man. For this, for, for bringing that championship, and for this era that we that we're in right now. Right, and that so that that's that's the era. <laughs> right, I know, I know. We could go. I know it's my fault. Hours. No, it's you you good, you good, man. We good. <laughs> I'm like, we can keep going. We want to keep going, man. But no, but what's it? I think that's the you you ended it good with the tribute yeah. to Danny Ainge. So Danny Ainge, yeah, 18, 18 years up, eighteen years down. You know, you brought a championship, brought us here to another finals. Danny Ainge. So even Trent though I. Right, trying to study. Nobody was nobody was putting big dudes together before Danny. Come on, yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> exactly. At least not through trade, anyways. He traded Markel Fultz for Jason Tatum and got another first round pick on top of it. Just throwing. That's literally the most lopsided trade ever. So <laughs> Danny straight up flipped the script twice. Right, the big three thing, and and then he showed, and then he showed what OKC is doing right now because they're taking a page out of his out of his book. Yep, you stack up these draft picks. Do you, you know, slum it for a few years and come right back with guys like Jalen Brown? I mean, that Brooklyn Nets trade, a lot of GMs wouldn't have had the sack to pull that trigger, man. And, you yeah. know, obviously it was the right thing to do. Those future picks were, were it. You know, that's what bridged the gap to this, man, to, to what we're in right now. So, yeah, man. Trendsetter. Man, Danny Ainge. DA, Trendsetter. That's a, that's Miami was... Heat fans should thank him. Golden State did it homegrown. So they, they did it. They right. Did they're it another group. Right. Exactly. Right. So, and so that, so number 35 came over there. Right. LeBron fans, you're welcome. All right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because we, we got old quickly. So they better be grateful. So <laughs> I was like, before we go further down the rabbit hole, we'll, we'll, we'll shut it down on that. But Trendsetter, DA, we thank you. Uh, so for Trader for, Danny. For, right. Trader Danny. So for Jose Pavone, the real BK Bob Kelly. Maggie, Mike, Mark Angelo, and our executive producer, Craig D'Alessandro. This has been another episode of Missing the Point. And until next time, we'll see you. Peace. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. 
With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectricCast.com and join our community today. ElectricCast. Transform your influence. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.